24 hours since the National Hockey League ended their trade deadline. Or did they? What does that mean? If Jenny Dandinov oh. was traded, what we think was prior to the trade deadline yeah. at 3 p.m. Eastern yesterday to Anaheim and return... Vegas took on Ryan Kessler and John Moore. Kessler, of course, is retired, but they get to uh, eat the rest of his remaining contract that they can easily push off to the side, therefore alleviating Vegas of $5 million bucks on Dandenov. But now the NHL is rev- uh, reviewing that contract on whether or not Dandenov had Anaheim on a no-trade List. Hmm. And now everybody's playing stupid. <laughs> I guess. Maybe everyone was stupid. What what happened here, Kipper? What happened was Dandinov had a 10 team no trade list. Okay. And Anaheim was on the list. And that was with Ottawa. And that was with Ottawa. And he got the list in. Everything's great. And Anaheim uh, and Vegas still got together and pushed a trade through with Anaheim on that list. Now, you tell me how the NHL can do anything except void this, this trade. Well, uh, you know, so, so it sounds like he he had the no trade officially. They properly fired, filed that paperwork, him and his agent. Uh, Ottawa knew about it and maybe didn't send the contract over to Vegas. Like Vegas didn't know about the no trade list and that it was still valid. So when Vegas traded them, they were doing the right thing. They They thought they were operating on the up and up. And this is maybe not on Vegas, partially on Ottawa. But you're right. How do you send a player there who had the team on his, which yeah. by the way would bone Vegas? I I, I, you're, you're, you're starting to hear reports that, uh, you know, they need to talk to Ottawa. They need to investigate Ottawa. This is... In my a, mind, Ottawa staffs like three people and most are interns. Regardless if they have three or 300, this is not on Ottawa. No. No. Okay. You sell a house, yeah, and the owner wants to come back six months later and say, hey, the roof leaks. What are you going to say to him? <laughs> Beat it. Beat it. <laughs> Scram. Right. And that's what the Ottawa Senators right now should be telling the NHL, Anaheim, and Vegas. Scram. I tr- we traded you, him, in the contract, in a standard player's contract. Mm-hmm. It is crystal clear. No move, no trade, modified no trade. What's he got? We need to know. Okay, it's there. Right. So when you traded for the when you traded the player, it is upon you to see that in the deal. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is it only says no move, no trade, or modified, and it doesn't come with the list. The okay. list stays within the clubs. So if Ottawa didn't offer it, if Vegas didn't ask for it, who's it on? The NHL then. 
in listening to you say all this, how is the NHL not saying, okay, you got a contract you guys filed with a 10 team, no trade list. You got to, it says he has to submit to you by July 1st. We're going to need that paperwork whenever that's submitted. You know, should there not be league wide oversight of no movement and no trades? I think there's somebody in the office that probably needs to answer a few questions. But this is the way it works. Somewhere's just eating a donut going, oh boy, is that me? And this is uh, Central Registry that's got their shorts in a knot right now because everybody's everybody's embarrassed. Yeah. Except Ottawa. Ottawa's laughing right now. They should be a little embarrassed, no? No. Ottawa, nothing. Nothing on Ottawa. Ottawa, Senators, you are free and clear in my opinion. I'm still undecided. No. No, no, no. They did nothing wrong. If you don't want to look for a list, if you didn't ask for it, if First I of buy all, the house from Ottawa and they don't tell me that the water heater is about to explode, yeah. I'm going to be like, hey, yeah. was, was it not incumbent on you to no. like get me the info on this? No, no, no. There's as is. <laughs> the house was sold as is. Yeah. You didn't want an inspection. You didn't ask for it. It's on you. That's the way Ottawa is going to look at this. In our metaphor, you're right. <laughs> Thanks. Now, yeah. when you trade a player that has a list and teams are not included, the player has to sign off on that. Mm-hmm. You cannot trade a player unless he signs off on it. Yeah. But they traded him anyway. Right. Right? So so now... So they just didn't think he they, had one, though, or didn't think Anaheim was on it. Or I only have two choices. Vegas didn't know... Which is best case scenario in terms of hoping people are acting in the best interests. Or they knew. And they're scummy. And they just try to do it anyway. Yeah. Those are the only two choices. God, Vegas hasn't exactly done right by their players, though. You know, like the amount of people they've brought in with bright promises that they've immediately shipped out in the next year or two. It is interesting. And I feel for Dodonov through all this, who, you know, now his choices are go somewhere he expressly did not want to go or stay somewhere he is expressly not wanted. You know, like he can't win now. We're going to stay with a team that didn't want you to be there. And I imagine Kipper, and I'm making assumptions here, but I imagine this came down to taxes. If you're making an exempt list, like California is the highest taxes in the U S 12.3%. And Nevada is a zero, zero. So off $5 million, we're talking about half a million or no, a what? Six and a half. Six and a half. Six and a half. That's the swing for him or sorry? That's that's his salary next year, cash. Yeah. So you're taking ten percent of six hundred and twelve point three fifty, sorry. Right? 12, yeah. So his there you go. His cap hits five million, but the cash that he's owned six point five. Yeah. And you want to know why people uh have no trade list and put California? Yeah. That's the top of the list. He's not going he doesn't want to go over there and hand him over over six hundred thousand dollars. No. No, absolutely not. Trade me somewhere in Florida. Trade me to Texas. I don't care. Don't trade me to Anaheim. So or Canada. This, <laughs> this this contract this trade has to be void, null and void. And so now Vegas, how are they going to operate if that's null and void? And this is on their books. How are they going to dress a hockey team? I'll I'll give you one more before we even get at that. Okay, I talked to two different clubs, and they are infuriated right now that they don't know last night 
Anaheim played Minnesota, or I'm sorry, Vegas played Minnesota mm-hmm. and lost. But last night, who had property of Dandenhoff? I don't know. No idea. Well, Vegas so under Vegas, cap compliance yeah. last night? Right. Yeah, if Dadanov's a part of their healthy roster, maybe they weren't. Did they play illegally last night, Vegas? Did they Were they over the cap? Where's Dandanov right now? Is he a member of Vegas or is he a member of Anaheim? Where's, the, where's his cap hit last night? He exists. Every dollar counts for every team right now. Yeah. There are, there are teams, the difference between making the playoffs, not making the playoffs, seeding, home dates. Vegas on a back-to-back there in Winnipeg tonight. So what's their salary cap situation for tonight? What kind of hockey team can they dress tonight? That's right. League better figure it out. If I'm the Jets, I'm going, Eichel can't play. They can't fit him under the cap. You got to think moving Dandenov was to find a way to get Mark Stone back in the lineup or Martinez. Yeah, Martinez is it's all, almost direct comparable cap hit-wise, and I think he's pretty close to healthy. Oilers, pretty good game against Colorado, but only get the one point, not the two. Think they're watching carefully? On Vegas. On Vegas? Yeah. Yeah, actually, Winnipeg might be like, I don't know, we don't care who plays with the Oilers. Be like, we do. Yes. We care who they dress. What would, what would a kind of a punishment be for that? If Who are we punishing? If but if the no, if the Vegas Golden Knights played a game last night when they weren't cap compliant, what kind of is it? Draft I don't pick know. Is it draft pick? I is don't know. Points? I don't know. It's weird. It is a funny thing that it's like you have happened? to be under the salary cap. But what if we're not? It's like ah, we'll worry about that later. That's a great question. I don't know. Is it a fine, a slap in the wrist, a draft pick? Again, it can't be money. Or teams would do it. If it I was just, money, teams would like, well, just go over then. So what happens? Because because the central registry does not have the list, you just trust the team, the teams, or the team, in this case, Vegas, when they were trading him from Ottawa mm-hmm. to say, uh, we're, not, we're not on uh, his no trade list, so uh, he's free and clear to come to us. So first, my first thought is that's a bad system. But how did it go from Vegas to Anaheim? And isn't there something about like no move clauses don't always travel with the contract? Like there's some complications here. I'm there's different there's different language for different clauses. You know what we should do? We so, should get someone on who's dealt with this for an NHL team. And today. we do. Oh, good. Chris Gear will join us. Sports executive, lawyer, analyst. Three things we're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, analyst, I hope. I like to play one on the radio. Yeah. Contributor to Daily Faceoff. Lawyer analyst. I know I'm an analyst. Yeah. I know you're an analyst. Okay. And I know Th- Sammy thinks he's one. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he's going to come and, and join us and, and clear all of this up. But I assume that's what happened when Dan and Ov moved to Anaheim that Vegas was asked, uh, is, is Anaheim on his no trade list? He's like, they're like, his no what They're list? like, what? Uh, we don't know nothing about that. And the deal went through. Yeah. Until it didn't. Until it didn't. So. 
It's funny that the the only reason we ever found out about this is I'm sure Dodonov was like, uh, I'm sorry, what? Yes. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> like, where, where was I, Dell? 100%. So he I wa- walks back into the rink tomorrow being like, uh, hey, guys. I wonder if he could say, I'll go, but Vegas is going to pay me the $650. i am going to pay extra in taxes. I mean, probably not. Probably not. The league would not like that. Not a chance. No. Now, Vegas can still trade him. What? Yeah. They can still trade him. That's right. You just can't play in playoffs for whoever trades him to. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean... I don't know how many fans really know that still. It's not really a trade deadline day. It's a trade deadline if you want to use the guy. It's a trade deadline for eligible playoff players. Right. But you can't put that in a promo. Like, <laughs> right? Like Sportsnet, Sportsnet can't put that in a promo. Yeah. It's just too many words for them. Yeah. And they like their promos really simple. They, <laughs> yes. Right, Sammy? Yes, sir. Right? They like them really simple. So you can trade him, but you're going to have to find someone that's not on his trade list and someone that can make the money work. Mm-hmm. Here's another option that no one's talking about is you can still send him to Anaheim. You could still send him to Anaheim. Yes. If he's if he willing to go. No. If he's not willing to go, you can still send him. Tell me more. Waivers. Wave him, have Anaheim claim him. Correct. It's so he has a no trade, not a no move. So, yeah. Did yeah. I just, yeah. Right? So I wonder if that affects Vegas because now they can't go as far into LTIR, right? Because they were going to get Kessler's contract back. I don't, I don't know. They could waive uh, Kessler's contract. I don't know how any of this works. I'm very confused. But, uh, Yes. I don't know. That's yeah, yeah. that's me off the top of the head, my yeah. head, and I'm not even sure if it would work. Right. I'm just. Yeah, but there there is options here still. There's there are options. Yeah. Oh, so Vegas is going to figure it out. They're going to unload them one way or the other. It may cost them a pick or something if they have to. So I, I wonder, uh, is that the delay right now? Because I, I really believe that the NHL probably should have uh, stepped up right now and said, uh, "Void mm-hmm. the contract is." Yeah. Not eligible. Has a no trade. Ineligible. Yeah. Uh, trade. Yeah. So figure it out real quick here, boys. Well, they have to today. You can't play another hockey game not knowing if Dodonov is a part of that salary cap or not. So, okay. We do know Mark Giordano. His his deal with uh, the Leafs in, in Seattle went through. That's a plus. Did you guys hear any different? I think, it, I think that one was approved by the league. That, okay. that would be big news. Yeah. And we had talked... Where would he slot? Where would he be? I think that an- uh, question was answered today by Sheldon Keefe. Yeah, we just, when we looked at it, we thought keeping things lefty, righty was, uh, you know, made a lot of sense to us. And then at the same time, it, it maintains pairs that have been together with Brody and Hall and, and uh, Riley and Labushkin. So uh, we just thought it made some sense that way. I think, uh, you know, when, when, when Muzz returns, uh, we'll probably get a different look at that time, but uh, for for right now, I think this uh, this makes a lot of sense uh, for us to just do it this way. You okay with that? I am. I am too. So that that was him on playing with uh, Lilligren. Lilligren. Yeah. On the like what when they're listing out the 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 pairings, that was the bottom pair. Yeah. So you're looking at Riley Labushkin, Brody Hall, Giordano, Lilligren, because you traded Dermot and Muzzin's hurt. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, there's no other option, if I'm not mistaken, for Giordano, outside of shuffling it up and say, 
I don't even know, unless you go Lilligren back with Riley or something, it's kind of what you had to do. It looks like a third pairing, mm-hmm. which it sets up that way, which is great. And you feel the game out. And when you need to go to Geo, you, you go to him. Mm-hmm. You, you, you work the other way around. Instead of just filling his plate up right away, Yeah, just bring him along slowly here. It's worked so much better for the Leafs when they bring guys in and say, okay, Labushkin, you're going to play third pair until we think you're ready for a little bit more. We'll get your feet wet. You know, Nick Ritchie handed a bit too much right out of the gates. Joe Thornton came here. They put him with the top line right out of the gates. I like the idea of going the Labushkin route and saying, you're going to start in the third pair with Lilligren. We'll work you up to speed. Um, he, he was quarterbacking the second power play unit for the Leafs today. Giordano was. So um, working him into obviously with Sandine out that that spot's open. So uh, I agree, Kipper. Good good start for him there, and Lilligren and the trade just really fine. couldn't have happened at a better time. Sandine, my understanding is, will get further evaluated. And is there playoff concerns? Do you think for Sandine? I, I think it's open right now. Yeah, we don't know. I think in a perfect world, at least they would have thought that they were going to get him back just before the season ended. That's what I had heard originally. I don't know if anything's changed. I don't know if doctors found a tear, a partial tear, a, a sprain, something's going on with his knee. God, I imagine, uh, you know, would they still trade Dermot if they find out? Uh, See, would that's, have known this. That's, a, that's an interesting point. And I would have thought that you need depth on, on that. Because the Dermot trade seems like a favor trade, does it not? To you know, he maybe he wasn't happy here. He wanted more opportunity. You know, they they like getting a third round pick, but it didn't feel like a we don't want this guy. We'd rather have a third round pick. It felt like he's not happy here. We can yeah. get a fine return. You know, I'm sure they could have used him rather than a third, given where they're at right now, fellas. Anyway, and uh, that's where Gio can come in on the second power play and really absorb what was shaping up for Sandine this time around as a, as a legitimate top four guy mm-hmm. going into your, your first round of the playoffs. Yeah. I, I imagine when Muzzin's back, well, he mentioned Muzzin will give him a different look when he's back and the pairs will look a little different once they have, once they have both Sandine and Muzzin. I don't imagine Lily's I, in at that point. Yeah. I'm just apprehensive with how long Muzzin will be a part of the equation. You know, it's just the, the two concussions in one year, the second one, a pretty vicious one. I think you have to proceed pretty... I know they've been cautious with him, and they were there was talk of him not playing into the playoffs, but I think that's one with other stuff that's happened with him missing time in the playoffs. Like, that's that's got to be a huge concern, them just banking on him, no? Well, yeah. They have I, no choice. Yeah, that's kind of it. It's like any... I agree that it's... You have to plan like you're going to have him and then react when you don't. I don't know that there's any other way to go yeah. about that. And he's he's doing all the right things. He's acting like a guy that... Wants to play in another two weeks. Yeah. Right now, it's uh, March 22nd. I don't I don't imagine we're very far into April when we see him again. Uh, get Coming up on a month till the end of the season here. It's April 29th is the last game. So exciting times. Exciting times to have Peter Mrazek as a potential goaltender for your hockey team. Yeah, but how, what's the potential? Wednesday night? Yeah, I don't know. So that, you know, Sheldon did talk about that uh, on his goaltending situation. Didn't name name his goaltender today. No, he didn't. So what are your thoughts on Wednesday? Um, Who should start against the Devils on Wednesday night for you guys? Shogun. Out of your mind. Okay. Mrazek. No. (laughs) Yes. No. Yeah. 
Yes. No. <laughs> How can you Kipper? If you can't start him against the Devils on a Wednesday night, when the hell are you ever going to start him again? You're just not going to ever again? Okay, let's just just back up for a second, okay? I'll, you, I'll answer your question. I just got to look at the schedule. And if I'm not mistaken, there is a back-to-back Back to back. What is your is plan? There not a back to back? What is your plan for Peter Morazic? This just, weekend. This if, weekend in Montreal, home Panthers. There you go. You're going to hand him the Florida Panthers with your team on a back to back. No, I'm going to hand him Montreal on the road. I don't want. Mm. I don't want Mazarek, mm. Peter Morazic, <laughs> at home giving up the first goal and people all over him, all oh, over him. Man. 20,000 people all over him. I, I, He's got to no. figure it out. No, he can figure it out on the road he can in Montreal. Fi- that's actually, a, it's true. No, and it's, I bet you that's what they're debating. I'm not starting him at home. There's only 20 off a trade hockey deadline. games left. There's I'm not, I'm not starting less. Peter Morazic at home coming off a trade deadline when everybody's 20. killing me because I didn't go get Marc-Andre Fleury. I can't worry about his feelings. I need yeah. him to get playing again and play yes. a softer you, team. Saturday. Saturday. You're three days. What's the point of playing Shelgren another? It doesn't sound like from Kyle Dubas's conversations yesterday that they intend to play Shelgren Listen, in the playoffs. Sounds like they I, want Mrazic back, don't they? Uh, he, he's he's going to play on the weekend. Of course he's back. I don't actually hate your idea. I just liked arguing about it. Yeah. So let's, let's listen but, to what the team thinks. What's I, that? I, I just, if there's no way, I, I agree that the home start thing is definitely a factor, and I guarantee that's something they're talking about, about putting him in front of the fans, one goes in or whatever. But if a you guy guys buying he, what I'm selling? I'm buying it a bit, but if a guy who makes $4 million a year can't go in there behind the least against revamped decor against the Devils and make enough saves for them to win the hockey game, then what, what are we doing here? I th- yeah. I think okay, you- okay, so, so that's my whole point. So Thursday morning... You've come to the conclusion that we've lo- uh, the Leafs have lost uh, 4-1, and he let those two early in, and now you got to spend the rest of the season going, what are we doing here? He stinks. I just think you keep ramming your head against the cement wall until no. he figures it out. <laughs> no, I do. You, 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 have to, you have to help him get there. And sticking him back into a home game, coming off a trade deadline when you made no changes in net... Don't throw them to the the, the wolves uh, or the lions or whatever you want to say. I gotta say, I I like when your when your adamant points are well argued. It's a good one. Let's listen to what Sheldon Keefe has to say about Peter Mrazek. I think he's handled it well. You know, uh, I met with him today just to you know see where he was at and and also give him my thoughts of of where I think he's at and what it is we need from him going forward here. Uh, so I think he's he's handling it well. Um, I think, you know, if anything, my message to him is that it's it should be a full reset here now. You know, um, it's 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 um, it's a bit of a shock to a player, you know, an established NHL player that goes on waivers. That in itself is a shock. And then when you clear waivers, it should be even more of a of a shock um, that you haven't been nearly good enough. So uh, it, it's an opportunity for him to really get to work. Get to work. Get to work means you're not starting Wednesday. Yeah, work with the goalie coach. Figure yourself out a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, the fact that he met with him kind of makes me think that, you know, it's, when you meet with a guy one-on-one, you're trying to get him back on track. 
I think that meeting usually goes with like, okay, we're going to get you back in. We need you back at it. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and not, hey, just beat it. Yeah. Just beat and, it for And a if bit. I'm Peter with Sheldon, I'm, I, I look right back at him and go, what other choice do you have, pal? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, you know I know I'm, I'm getting back I'm in. I'm eating $100 bills during the meeting. That's probably what I'm saying. So rich. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Where else are you going to go? Yeah, you didn't get anyone, buddy. Sorry so- about Harry to Terry. <laughs> Keith also had a good clip, if we want to listen to, on who's going to start. He was asked on who's going to start, and he gave a pretty thoughtful answer if, okay. we, if, we, if we want to hear that. I do want to hear who, it. From who? Sorry? From Keith. From Keith. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's go. Yeah, we haven't decided on that yet. We, oh, and that was part of my message to Peter is that we were... I was going to meet with him today. He's, we're going to you know, let him get his work in and practice, and then we're going to kind of revisit it and see where he's at. Uh, you know, he has he has been through you know quite a bit the last couple of days. You can imagine what that would be like for him emotionally. But um, I liked what I saw from him in practice today, and we'll, we'll we'll look at it and revisit it because at the same time we've got a guy in Chalgren that has done a good job for us and came in at a time when we needed saves and we needed a goalie to give our team confidence, and he's done that for us. So. Uh, we can't overlook that because we, you know, we've come to really believe in his ability to play for us too. Perfect answer. Do you I, think he's genuinely undecided? No, I think he's going Shalgren, and then he's going Mrazek, and then he'll Shelgren's getting the Shelgren. Florida Panthers. Yeah, first I, time of the year. I, I, no, I, I, unless listen, I, it's unless, not your fault the goalies if, aren't good. If, I'm just giving it to you because if, if Mrazek stands on his head against uh, Montreal. I think there's a you chance that you it? could go. You can go back to back. I mean, that's where you are with your 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 goaltending. It's really tough to argue for anyone when no one has played well and Shelgren's got three NHL games experience. So, Keith talking about was it with, tough on Mraz? I know, it? I know. I, was it tough on him? Yeah, I don't know if it was. Yeah, let's listen to what Peter Mrazek his feelings on it. Yeah, yeah, it never feels uh, good, you know, but. Uh, you know, now it's over. Uh, we move on, and uh, you know, it's like a reset button, and uh, let's get going. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds broken up. <laughs> the man is unfazed by life. It is the right uh, attitude for your goaltender. Well, but uh, that's exactly what he should say. It's what you would want him to say. But it's still like, how do you live like that? But we got- have a bad show, and I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm going to get fired tomorrow. You've had a bad show? Well, yeah, in theory, if we did. A hypothetical. Oh, you're talking about the TV side. Yeah, yeah. I have bad ones there. Nothing, nothing bad here. <laughs> They're all great. Yeah, yeah. Except right. for the first week. <laughs> no one listened to those. They have to have short memories and water off your back. Yeah. No, I, it's, you know, you talk about the Ted Lasso thing and, you know, goldfish memory. This guy, this guy's the epitome of a goldfish. All right. Reset button. Let's go. It's great. I mean, it, it is very admirable and I hope he's able to find it again. Um, but yeah, it, they're in a tough spot because you don't trust Mrazic. We got to find a way to get him going. I guess there's a world where Shelgren plays well enough where you go, okay, well, he's going to be our backup in playoffs, right? There's 20 games left. If he gets in, eight of them plays really well. And Mrazic plays a few times and can't play. I mean, he's going to be in the backup in playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, did we play uh, uh, Gio's uh, debut clip? We didn't, but he spoke we- pretty, pretty glowingly about it. So let's, uh, we can hear that. Yeah. All right. Let's go to Gio. I haven't been really uh, nervous for practice in a long time, but uh, I was anxious to get out there today and um, happy, happy to get that one on the, 
under my belt uh, before before the game tomorrow. When you look at the logo, what comes to mind for you, Mark? Oh, I mean, I, I just I grew up here, right? So it uh, it's been a team I've obviously followed my whole life. Um, there's a lot of history, obviously, with this organization, uh, but it's pretty special to be able to say that uh, you're from here and you played for for the organization. How about coming home and being around family and that sort of thing, and having having them close by? Yeah, I, I, as you get older, you know, with uh, uh, children, it uh, changes a lot in, in life, and you, you you really cherish those moments, especially my, uh, you know, getting to see the grandparents. It, it means a lot to, to the kids, and obviously to my parents and my wife's parents. So it's uh, cool. It's cool, and uh, I want to take advantage of uh, this. This is a great opportunity for myself. Just once, I'd like to hear a guy say, you know, when he's asked about the logo. I don't know. Yeah, they haven't won since 67. Yeah. <laughs> I wish suffered the worst loss in playoff history last year. I wish we'd wear media, a black media, media runs you out of town. <laughs> Read the room, Kipper. <laughs> no, you're right, though. It is funny. There may be a, the next generation of potential Leafs players may talk more like that. What does it mean for you to play for this team? Like, I don't know. They're in the NHL. This is pretty cool. But Hopefully no, that changes for Sammy and Leafs yeah, Nation. Yeah, for sure. The, you know, Gio, Dama boy. He, he actually did. He talked extensively about the Leafs uh, in their history, and someone asked him about, like, what he remembers most, and he was like, well, 1993 in Game 6 when the, you know, like, he was dialed into this stuff. So you've had it before. Nick Foligno came and said all the, the, the cool things, too, so I think everyone tries not to get too excited, but it is cool to have someone who's loved the I, Leafs I, from I the beginning. Lived I lived it. I put that uniform on. Every time I, when I pulled it over, I'm like... Did you, you know, have moments? Oh, my first moment? Pulling over the Leaf jersey, yeah. My my first game against the Dallas Stars, and I just had this uh, seven year old feeling where I just yeah. opened up the box, uh, the Eaton's box or yeah. Doug Laurie's sporting goods box, and there's my Leaf jersey I'm putting on. It's cool. I, I will say, you know, that is one experience I did get to have. I didn't play NHL regular season games, but I got an exhibition game and got to pull on the Islanders logo, same as my dad. And I grew up as a kid with all, and to just, you know, one time be like, yeah. at least I made it here. You know, like I had a little tear in that moment, oh, but you know, it's a, that's a, a cool experience. And, so good for Giordano. And he's got over a thousand games in the National Hockey League, and this one will feel so different. Yeah, like out of body experience. I, I, you know, him saying him nervous, being nervous for he practice. Is. That's a weird. You know, you know the media is there, and it's just like. So, as a guy who's grown up and been a huge Leaf fan when he was a kid, like Gio was, and you know he's always wanted to play for the Leafs. He gets to make his Toronto Maple Leafs debut, something he's dreamt of his entire life, and they will be wearing black Leafs jerseys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess that's probably not a little anticlimactic so, for let, the guy. Let but. me ask you about the – this is something that we didn't get to yesterday, and I wanted to get your guys' take on it in terms of Kyle Dubas bringing in veterans. And he likes – he's been doing the veteran thing a lot over the past couple of years. You look at Felino, you look at Simmons, you look at Spezza, you look at Thornton. But he brought in Giordano, another one staying into the theme of never really winning much at all. In terms of, you know, hasn't got, he's been past the first round once in his career. He's, um, he has, I think he's only played 23 playoff games, a thousand regular season game. It's a pretty big discrepancy. Is there anything to that? Do you guys care about that? I don't, it's such a fine line, Sammy. And I think all of them have shown over their careers, their, their character guys in, in each and each way. Yeah. You know, can I run counter to this point and yeah. just say Jay Bomeister? 
Jay Bomeister played a bajillion games in the NHL, maybe a thousand before he played a playoff a dozen, game. Yeah. You know, and then suddenly gets traded to St. Louis, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you get yeah. in the postseason. It's like he's still hockey. But they go, they win a Stanley Cup. It can be overrated until it's not overrated. What do you mean? I'm just saying that Jay got over the hump, right? And just was in the right some position. The, sometimes the stars have to align. Sometimes it's key injuries that haunt you. Sometimes it's a bounce. And then you say, well, that guy doesn't know how to win. He's he's never won before. And uh, it's just it's just one of those things. Right place, right time. I'm not saying and, he doesn't know how to win. I'm just saying that it's another guy well, he's that he's ne- brought yeah, in. Just, that and, and he's never has no, experienced. No yeah, never experienced finding out what it feels like to win your last game of the, the season. So. Did you win on the way to the Stanley Cup? Did you win in junior? I won in uh, the American Hockey Hockey League. You did? Yeah, I won the Calder Cup. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's a coincidence necessarily that there are people who tend to be on winning teams. It's hard to quantify. It is. But I can tell you, experiencing it uh, in the AHL and the Stanley Cup, it is a life-altering. The way you feel and the way you feel about yourself. From the two leagues? Or no, just in general. Winning. Yeah, winning, just winning. Winning. Yes. Just standing there and knowing what it feels like and to say that you've completed uh, the, the lesson. Mm-hmm. You've graduated. Right. And it, it, it kind of oozes off of people. You walk into a room, you feel different, and people notice. Right? There's yeah, that aura say, of winning. Yeah. When I was with the, the Marlies in 2017 or something like that, we were down three, two to one or three to one to Albany. You know, it's the American League, not a huge deal. But Ben Smith was on the team, and Ben Smith had won a Stanley Cup with Chicago like a year before or two years before. And I remember hearing everyone talk in the dressing room and it's frenzied and whatever. And he was just like, it's different. He was just so calm and so relaxed. And part of it was maybe it didn't mean as much. I don't know. But he was, he he really changed the tone with the way he spoke to everyone. You know, he brought it down the perspective and context back to like a re, uh, I don't know, just a normal level. Having had been there before made a difference for the guys in the room. They did end up winning. And it helps. It does. You do lean on these guys. I think of a guy won. like, I mean, the guy that we always bring up, but a guy that I think of is Corey Perry. Seems to go deep in the playoffs every year. And yeah. I, he plays on good teams, but he always seems to be in there. It's a hard thing. It's a tough balance where it's, you know, how much is the team, how much is the guy, but right. it's no coincidence he's always going deep in the playoffs. Yeah, it's a thing. And the guys, just, if you get a chance to go talk to some of those guys on Montreal last year and just talk about that calmness or that that feeling of even just dressing beside him for mm-hmm. practice or going for a coffee or a team meal with him and just absorbing all of that in, it, it plays a huge factor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, I, I look at Jake Muzzin and pretty sure played a – Strong role, supporting cast role, of course, in L.A. With Dowdy there and Martinez and, of course, all the big boys up front with Kopitar, Brown, all the rest of them. But he needed to come in and and just ooze all of that mm-hmm. for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I, th- I think for the most part, he's tried his best. Yeah, right. But he, it's the only still, guy who's been there. It's, it's still... I don't think enough right now for some of these kids. It would have been nice to have 
maybe two or three more of these guys to kind of lean up on. I know we've probably beaten this up to death, but Corey Perry was right there for them on a couple occasions. I do feel like, you know, sometimes you just need a bounce or a break or two for some of these guys, you know, for them to get through one and, and feel like you just got to get in the games and be close. You know, we've seen eventually Washington broke through and won their cup and eventually St. Louis, you know, be good for a long time. I think that's the plan that one mm-hmm. year they'll get the bounces. That's, one year they'll have a sense for this thing. And I, I always joke that talking about hockey, we talk about this all year long and then it comes into the playoffs and you get a goal off somebody's ass in game yeah. seven. And you uh, know, it's, it's, it's just, it's yeah. such a fluky game. So, uh, yeah. And you make a great point. You're, you're, you're not a winner until you're a winner. Mm-hmm. And that's what everybody tries and strives uh, to get. Uh, over, including the Leafs from mm-hmm. here on in this season. So before we go to break, uh, we had talked about doing some winners, losers, whatever from, from the trade deadline. I know everyone does that, and it's a cliche and annoying way to phrase it, but um, I'll go first and just say that I liked yesterday, I liked the Rangers, what they did, adding Cop and Mott to their bottom six. I thought, you know, I, I think that those are a couple scrappy guys, and they struggled. You know, their whole team is Shesterkin. So I thought they made nice ads. Is there anyone that stood out to you? Um, or are we going to go to break, and or are we doing this now? Ah, I could do a couple minutes here. we got a couple minutes to do it. All right. Um, okay, so are we going to kind of go off the obvious? Sure. The Florida's and Tampa's. Uh, Rangers with depth moves. Mont, did you mention that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the one I like. Um Minnesota. Yeah. Middleton. Middleton. And Fleury. Yeah, and they actually they got Delorier too from Anaheim or wherever he was last, LA somewhere. And there was there was there was a few people trying to get Delorier. Yeah. As well. Pretty valuable guy. It's it's interesting that like Garen clearly taught you know, he talked about that identity of being able to win in the alleys too, and they went all in on it. Like Middleton's huge. Delorier is obviously a big tough guy. They've got some guys who are already like that. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys saw it. We're going to have Mike Kelly on later in the show, right? That's today? Yes. That's correct. Um, he, he shared a tweet earlier today that four teams in the NHL have received the, you know, the worst goaltending, and he'll give us the metrics when he's on the show. But of the four teams, only Minnesota made a change. The Wild, uh, Toronto being one of them. But the Wild made a huge upgrade. So already a pretty good team. Upgraded a major weakness in goal. And, they get a little bigger and stronger. And this is something we've talked about with them, too. The cap doesn't look pretty next year. So it's yeah. a pretty important year this year, how well they've been playing and what happens to their cap next year. So I think they did a good job of sort of building up the the bottom half of their lineup, adding Flurry. <sighs> really wish to. I do. I, I, for the show, it would have been fun to have Flurry on the lease. It two, been fun. two losers, and they may come into play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You don't know how this thing's going to play out here uh, when it comes to the seeding just yet. Carolina and Washington. You didn't like them. No, I, I, Carolina, first of all, uh, they got Max Domi. Mm-hmm. Max is going to be someone that Rod Brindamore has to work on. Mm-hmm. We know how he's attention to detail, uh, the defensive side. I think he, he's, he's going to work with Max, but Max has got a lot of upside yeah. when it still comes to, to, to finishing, he to scoring. He plays, right? He's got some grit. We know he, he's, he's tough. He doesn't back down. Yep. Uh, that'll be important for him. But outside of watching other teams that are legit contenders, Max Domi isn't enough for Carolina. No. Just the teams around them got so yes. much better. Yeah. And I know there's a few pointing to the direction of their owner, Tom Dundon, and saying, yeah, didn't you, let him. We needed more help. We yeah. needed either more money 
or more prospects or more draft picks to to move. And uh, how common is it for an owner to be involved at all? Very common. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, the you deadline, guess, you say, well, hey, you, here's the thing we want to do. A, it's more money, less money. What does it mean to you? What's yeah. it mean to your bottom? You can't do anything anymore without it affecting your owner's bottom line. So if if, if you haven't gotten the green light by then, you're you're in trouble. Yeah. Usually, I think the owners say, hey, do what you need to do. Yeah. There's a cap. I know what it that, is. That, to me, is the cost of doing business in the NHL, even in terms of retaining salaries. You can add prospects. Arizona's doing that that now for crying yeah. out loud. Like, you know, there is a cost to doing business. And if you can't afford the cost, maybe owning an NHL team is not. And how, so, how surprised were you that Washington Capitals did not go get a goalie? I guess medium surprise. Like, Ivanacek, I think, has been pretty yeah. decent for them, and they got some faith in him. I also I heard some uh, comments from McClellan, who, you know, he's been on our show a number of times. Maybe we should chat with him at some point. But it didn't sound like he feels like or felt like his team was playing well enough for the giant move. I don't know. You know, to, to really commit to him. And- yeah, I, I think... Uh- I think it's no different than Kyle Dubas and and the and Edmonton going who what's what's out there and Fleury made it abundantly clear real early he's not going to Washington yeah yeah so at that point Fleury's not willing to go who's it going to be yeah yeah you know unless you overpay for someone who doesn't want to trade their goalie I don't know what you do so a sleeper for me uh, Letty to St Louis good addition Nick Letty yeah good skater good yes. puck mover. Something the Blues probably lack a little bit from the back end. Yeah. I heard they were really close on Lindholm, too. Oh, really? Yes. But lost out to Boston. The Leafs are going, come on. <laughs> All right. All right, Sammy, we're going to take a quick break. You want to sell uh, more peanuts on a train ride, or are we good? No, no we're, the contest is done, but we, we, have, have, a win- we have a winner. We have right. a winner. We have a winner. Robbie from Toronto. So, Robbie, congratulations. Uh, Molson Gideon Rivalry Train Contest. Thank you to everyone that participated in this amazing giveaway. And be sure to listen to Real Kipper and Born for more unbelievable giveaways such as this. And that's this weekend. Yeah, yes. go Montreal, watch them. baby. See, Peter Mrazek faced the Montreal <laughs> Canadiens. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I slept in. I missed the train. <laughs> oh, well. All right. We'll go to break here. Um, for those of you watching on YouTube, thanks for watching. Subscribe. Hit the like button. Rating and review on uh, our podcast. All good here at uh, Sportsnet 590. The fan. We'll be back. Real Kipper and Born. The code word for today's episode to text 59590 for your chance to qualify for your shot to win Leafs Panthers tickets on March 27th is Bennett. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, and Sammy with you. We're just waiting on Chris Gear, former executive, now sports executive uh, lawyer analyst with Daily Faceoff. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining us. You bet, guys. Glad to be here. Hey, um, you know, we, we started the show off a uh, pretty interesting uh, storyline, not one that we get often Coming off of the trade deadline here, uh, Daninoff, is he an Anaheim Duck or is he a member 
of the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's start there, Chris, and get your thoughts. Yeah, that's a pretty messy situation all around. Um, I'm sure you guys have discussed it, but obviously when when Ottawa signed him to that three-year deal back in 2020, uh, they gave him a 10-team no-trade list. He provided that list to them. It included the Anaheim Ducks. When Ottawa traded him to Vegas, that was obviously a permissible trade because Vegas wasn't on the list. But, uh, you know, the, the the league obviously would have seen the trade list as part of the trade call that approved that transaction. And then when Vegas turns to flip him to Anaheim at this deadline, they somehow didn't have the list or assumed that or had been told that the list no longer applied or, or something. We're not sure quite what happened there. Initially, there were rumors that uh, the Donov's agent had maybe not filed uh, or submitted the no trade list in time, but it looks now like they actually did. And there was some confusion on the trade call between uh, Ottawa and Vegas as to whether that would apply going forward. So we'll see how that works out. The league and the PA are having discussions with the teams, but um, yeah, that's certainly one that, that you don't see very often. Chris, when there are uh, no trade clauses in players' contracts, you know, say for 10 teams or whatever, do they always travel with the player? Are there instances where that voids a no trade clause? How, how does that work? They do, and the league the league actually clarified that in the MOU that uh, that supplemented the CBA back when, uh, just before the bubble, when they extended the CBA through that MOU, and they clarified that no trade and no move clauses always travel with the player. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, despite the fact that he was traded from Ottawa to Vegas, uh, both the, the no trade clause and the specific list that he provided should have carried forward um, and applied to the trade between Vegas and Anaheim. Now, if there was a problem with the list or him not submitting it, so every contract will have a date by which that list is to be submitted to the team. And if somehow he, he missed that date or didn't submit it in time or, or had a right to change it and didn't, you know, there, there are things that can be specified in the contract that would, that would void the application of the no trade clause. But in this situation, it sounds like, the players camp did everything right and there was a miscommunication um, between the teams, Vegas and Anaheim or Vegas and Ottawa on the initial call. So, you know, the, the thing that I find most curious is the league has very strict records when it comes to everything from, you know, RFA status to games played and all, obviously all the stats, but they leave it to the teams to sort through the no trade stuff. So it's interesting that when you, when you have a no trade list that it, it doesn't have to be filed with the league. So that'll uh, change. That's change going <laughs> forward. Absolutely. That'll change. So when, when we speak of no trades or no moves, uh, they're not all standard there. It's, it's all in the language. Like some, some will have to revisit it every 12 months. Others, if they don't and leave it alone, it could disappear or it could just be, uh, sent back to uh, a list of two years ago. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it's all about the language in the contract. Uh, a lot of times it'll be one list that applies for the duration of the term. Other times the player will have the right to change that list every year. And if they don't send in a new list, then it defaults to the original list. And if they do send in a new list, obviously they can change the teams that they put on it. Um if you're clever from a team side, you specify that, that if they don't submit a new list each year, then, then it just goes away. And I've seen a case where 
that actually happened where a player had the rights, but we said that they had to submit a new list each year. And then uh, in one of those particular years, the, the player and the, and the player's representatives didn't submit the list. And so his rights just fell away. Um, we didn't actually, you know, need to trade the player to a team that was on the list. So it, it ultimately didn't impact him, but, but it could have been a serious uh, mistake by the representatives. I imagine you didn't rush to remind them that it was, the list was due on any <laughs> given day. <laughs> um, no, absolutely. That's when you, you talk about internally and go, wow. Yeah. Like boys, they still haven't submitted it. This is great. Um, we, we were curious about this whole Vegas thing because right now, and, and Nick made the point earlier on the show that like we don't know who Dodonov's cap hit is with. So Vegas plays last night. They're scheduled to play tonight again. If you're like the Oilers and saying, hey, like they need to deal with their salary cap like this guy is a part of their team, what do you think the league would do if it's if it's found that Dodonov stays with the Vegas and or, they're over? Or, Go ahead. Or, or they weren't under compliance, cap mm-hmm. compliance last night. Yeah, is, is that the case? I, I thought maybe Dodonov's hit was only needed for them to activate some of their injured players. But if they were, if they actually played and needed his cap hit in their LTIR to have a compliant lineup last night, then yeah, I think there could be some penalties coming down from from the league, uh, unless the league determines that it, the league was partly responsible for the mess up. In which case, they might not might not penalize them. But my original understanding was that they just they needed the Dodonov money going forward so that when you know players like stone and martinez are are available they can activate them so otherwise if if this trade doesn't go through they won't be able to activate those players until the playoffs so chris um what, what i'm hearing now is that uh central registry on on standard contracts they have their their uh it it's in there that says no trade no move modified but the list is with the the team so when you go and Correct. make a trade, Central Registry would ask you, uh, is, is Anaheim on his no trade list? And Vegas would have to answer that. And if it's no, he's not on, then Central Registry says, oh, go ahead then. But would they, no, not, Central- would they, not, need, yeah. would, would they not need to see that list or sign off on that list? Or would the player not have to sign off on that himself? Well, I think that's exactly the reason that the, the transaction hasn't gone through is because Central Registry would have said, we need proof of that list, and Vegas probably couldn't provide it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where it got tied up. So Central Registry does ask for proof of the list. Or if, if let's say, Anaheim was on the list, but the Donoff had written them a communication saying he waives uh, the, the restriction on Anaheim, then obviously that could go through. But Central Registry does need something in writing that indicates that either the trade's permissible under the no trade list or that the player has has waived that right. Chris, how much of an advantage do you think it is for some teams in the NHL based on their cities being more desirable, based on state taxes, weather, things like that? Because I, I imagine, like, who are the most common teams on uh, no-move lists? I, I'm sure it's Canada, California. You can let us know about that. But do you think it's a, a considerable advantage for teams that don't show up on these lists? Yes and no. I think a, a lot of times there's enough pressure that can be exerted on a player that even if a team is on their list at the beginning – uh, you know, they may reluctantly accept a trade to that city rather than being 
you know, <laughs> made a bit of a, a scapegoat in the city for not wanting to move or, you know, there's, there's lots of ways that pressure can be applied. I think I've seen various lists. There's lists that are geographically based. Some guys like the East coast versus the West coast. Some guys like warm weather cities versus cold weather cities, teams that have, have not performed well in a long time, you know, so you see a lot of Buffalo and Arizona and Ottawa on lists. Um, but it, you see all kinds depending on what motivates the player. We're speaking with Chris Gear, sports executive, lawyer, analyst, and contributor to uh, Daily Faceoff. If this contract, Chris, gets uh, null and void, what are the options now? We do know that it hasn't happened very often, but tra- players can still be traded. They just cannot participate in Stanley Cup playoffs after uh, the NHL trade deadline. The other way that I thought that maybe this deal could get through, and this is just me off the top of my head, is that they can bring him back, waive him, have Anaheim claim him in the waiver wire, and then send over Kessler on the waiver wire and have him claimed and uh, saw off the contracts. Yeah, I don't think Kessler can be waived, actually, because he's not an active player. Um, so while injured, you're not... I don't think you can waive a player while he's injured. So I don't think that one would work. Um, you know, can they make a trade after the fact and bring in somebody with LTIR money so long as uh, that player isn't isn't playing on their roster at any point in regular season or playoffs? Yeah, they can do that. It's going to be complicated to find a partner out there that will is willing to help them, first of all, and, and second of all, has the right contract to move there. Uh, so this is going to be a, a tricky situation. And I, I think, you know, if it gets nullified, I think so, uh, probably they have to move somebody off their roster. So um, and, I'm sorry, you're saying uh, Kessler is ineligible. He's no different than uh, David Clarkson or, or Pronger or any of those guys that have been moved? Well, they can be traded. I just don't think they can be waived in that situation. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Yeah. Then if you are, Vegas is screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, And you know what? Vegas has had such a, a tough year with all the injuries and but i know nobody feels sympathy for them right yeah wow n- no that is that's um they're in a tough spot there to say the least um so looking around the the deadline and all these deals i imagine a someone in your position like you were with vancouver would be going through a lot of I guess, proposed deals or potential deals, what would this player look like and with our salary cap? How much time is spent internally in organizations trying to figure out, you know, trades that never come to fruition and just trying to make the math work on, on certain players and looking at contracts that you might desire out there? Yeah, there's a lot of time spent on things that never ultimately materialize. Mm-hmm. You know, you start working on potential deals at least a month before the deadline, right? You get a sense of what your team looks like in, you know, by Christmas, let's say, and and you start to think about, okay, what, what do we need? Where do we need to improve? Which guys aren't part of our future that we may want to move out? And you're talking to teams regularly all the way up to the deadline. And obviously that intensifies the last couple of weeks, but, but there's an awful lot of work that goes into uh, proposals and, things that, that never actually end up happening. And, and sometimes you can get really close and think you have it. And then maybe somebody steps in with one small piece that's better and, and you lose the deal and it all 
falls apart. So it's just uh, some of it's good luck and timing. You know, teams like Calgary this year that, that decided to go early and they went and got to Foley and Yarncroke before really anybody else had started moving. I think that was smart on their part because, you know, when you, when you wait for the prices to fall or when you wait for other teams to make a move first, sometimes you can miss out on, on your target. Chris, internally in, in a Vegas boardroom or wherever those guys are, is there, is there a few fingers being pointed at, at one another here would, would this fall under, I don't know, uh, assistant general manager, the general manager, the president. I don't know. Like who's, who's, who's to blame for not knowing exactly what the heck was going on with the no trade list and and what you yeah. could get away with and what you can't get away with. Right. Well, it's hard to point fingers right now until the league clarifies for everyone exactly what happened. But, you know, I think as a team, it's, it's, it's no different than players on the ice. They have to wear it as a team. Um, you know, no one person is responsible for all of it. Usually you're, you're sharing information, you're, you're providing your colleagues with, you know, updates on all the things that are happening. And, you know, certainly something as significant as, as the list of teams where a player wouldn't go. I mean, that would have been known by, by everybody in that organization in their hockey ops group. So, you know, who, who, whether there's somebody that's, that's more to blame or not, uh, I'm not sure that'll come out in the wash, but if they're a, a good group and a cohesive group, then they should all support each other and wear it equally. Just one more. So, so I would just want to make this straight. You don't believe for one second that Vegas didn't know. I think they could have been misled perhaps or, or misunderstood um, by who Ottawa. Yeah. And I'm not blaming Ottawa either. Just, you know, in the course of that trade call, uh, Ottawa may have shown the list to the league, which obviously led to the approval, but, but maybe their impression was that somehow it didn't, it didn't bind them going forward. They didn't submit it on time. I'm, I'm not sure. I, it's, you know, I, I'd hate to be conclusive about this before the league actually tells us what happened. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't think that Vegas would have done this fully knowing that it applied because it was bound to fail. Yeah. Right? So that they, they have to have been, a misunderstanding or, or misled somehow uh, for this to have happened. Yeah, that's uh, going to be fascinating to watch that play out. Um, last one for me before uh, we let you go. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on what the Vancouver Canucks did at the deadline, which was very little. Um, obviously, you have a great knowledge of their contracts and contract situ- situation. Were you surprised that they didn't move on from some of the guys uh, that they held on to? I'd rather talk about the Leafs. If you don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's talk much that's, about the that's Canucks, true. That's uh, true. <laughs> no, and, and in no, fairness, then, in fairness, if if you don't want to talk about that, that's totally fine. I, it didn't even occur no, to me no, that no, that, no, that no, might no, be a little no, time I, sensitive. I want you to talk Vancouver. <laughs> Most definitely, just go as far as you can go without uh, you know crossing any lines. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I think they, um, you know, in trading in trading Hamannick to Ottawa. And getting a third back, I think that was that was a, a smart move because you know they needed to get and then flipping it to you guys or to the Leafs for for Dermot, uh, you know that that allowed them to get younger, um, but most of all cheaper, right? Because Dermot hits it at, at one five and and Hamannick was at three million, so they freed up some cap space, which is going to help them going forward. Uh, was I surprised they didn't do more? Yeah, a little bit. Um, and, and Tyler Mott obviously 
with someone that I expected to to fetch a higher return. But, mm. you know, that being said, you don't know what goes on in those rooms and you don't know what's being offered for players. So I'm not going to second guess what they did. And, um, you know, I'm sure they had discussions to extend Mott and maybe they just couldn't come to a number that they could agree upon long-term or, or, or longer term. And so they decided to get what they could. And um, if that's what happened, then good on them. Hey, before I let you go, I just want to ask you just uh, the dynamics of a salary cap in, a, in a, through a pandemic and the stress now on these clubs for every last dollar. It, it, man, it's got to be tough. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I remember a couple of years ago when things were cruising in the league and, and it was forecasted that the cap would go to $88 million and then to $90 million, 95 and now we've been stuck at 81.5 for what three seasons and it really is tough and it, it's taken away the middle class of players you get you get guys that are you know the star players get paid their seven eight nine million dollars and then there's a lot of players that are just trying to hang on for those league minimums or you know 900 or a million and it's completely wiped out that middle class so i think it's, it's really put stress on the system and it's it's uh it's hard for teams to try to build out their rosters with so much stress. And if there's one or two inefficient contracts, then, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of hooped. Look at Minnesota next year as they get set to have uh, $12 million in dead money from Parise and Gooder. Like, you know, they're going to be in trouble for a long time. And so it's, it's really challenging. Like you said, Nick, it's uh it's a, it's a tough, tough system right now with the pandemic and the revenue shortfall. Well, we certainly appreciate your time here, Chris. Uh, thanks for doing this. Yeah, you bet. Anytime, guys. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Chris Gear. Take care. Sports executive, lawyer, analyst, contributor to Daily Faceoff, and a guy a lot smarter than me. I'm so happy that he kind of clarified uh, the fact that uh, a team like Anaheim would not be able to slide Ryan Kessler through waivers if he's right. on IR but could still trade the contract, right? Could you can you trade that contract? I don't know. Well, they I mean, the Datsuk's contract yeah, yeah, got yeah. traded, so, Pronger's yeah, contract, contract got, yeah, you can trade contracts. So Yeah, I think they still so could, could still so, do so you the could deal. waive him, you could waive Dandenov and trade over uh Ryan's contract because he's not eligible anyways to play in the playoffs. So Right. Yeah, I just you know, I guess yeah, you could trade over Kessler's contract for futures and have Anaheim claim Dodonov. I can't see any team claiming Dodonov at what he makes. And Oh, you know what? No, I, I don't think so. Well, maybe you can, but teams will be... Here's one thing teams are, are watching out. Okay. Between Vegas and Anaheim. Mm-hmm. That the way it basically works is that you make a trade call... Okay. I'm sorry. You don't make a trade call. You you send the league an email. Okay. Both teams want to make a trade. In the email, you stipulate what you want to do on the trade. So you send it to the same place, NHL Central Registry, and then you sign off on it. Mm-hmm. Both teams sign off on the emails, and now you're in the queue. Yeah. So now you're waiting. So as long as you're in this thing called the queue, which is the system, then you can go and make your trade at 302, 310, 4 o'clock when okay. they get to you. Yeah. But there is a stipulation 
that that trade better be down and no changes. Mm-hmm. So if in fact you get in the queue at 410 and something's wrong or it doesn't add up, you're not allowed to go back yeah. and change They're anything. Like tough beans. Tough beans. Yeah. It's the way it is or it's not happening at all. Mm-hmm. So if Vegas and Anaheim want to revisit this, mm-hmm. they are essentially changing the parameters of the deal that was originally, and that is against the rules. <laughs> are you following me? I am, but I wonder if you can then tweak that deal to make yes. it a new deal. Tweaking is the league's specialty. <laughs> yeah. No one can tweak yeah. better than Gary Batman and we're... the NHL office. So that's where it's going to be interesting. Okay. But uh, there are teams right now, like in Edmonton, that are watching this carefully mm-hmm. and saying, no, you're, you That's guys, the same you, you guys are not, deadline. you're not allowed past 3 PM Eastern to go change the, the dynamic of the deal that you originally thought that's against the rules. Now, yeah. does Gary let that go through? Does he wink, wink and say, no, we're going to make an exception here. That's what everybody's watching. All right. Let's keep our eyes peeled. Cause that is going to make uh, interesting. It's going to affect the, the way the Pacific plays out. I mean, it's the way they can, what kind of field uh, team can they field? Team, uh, Chris mentioned, you know, like they might not be able to get Alec Martinez back in the lineup, which is huge for a team like Vegas. Right Stone now, was so. supposed to be out, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Kucherev. Yeah, well, supposed to, and now they're hanging on to a playoff spot. And now, a cliffhanger now, going, now we, ah, my back feels now better. Now we're here, he's close. He's <laughs> yeah, close. Yeah, the tune is changing. All right, Sam, we got any more contests? Yeah. Yes, don't sound so excited. <laughs> uh, uh, peanuts? We're giving away no. We're giving away ticks for Sunday night against the the Florida Panthers. Nice first matchup um, of the year. We're excited. <laughs> uh, all you have to do is download uh, Friday, Monday, and Tuesday episodes of Real Kipper and Born and listen for different code words that will be placed in the podcast. Then text each code word to five ninety five ninety, and you'll be entered for a chance to win. Each code word counts as an entry, and the winner will be selected on Wednesday. So it's a big deal. Leafs Panthers first game they've played all year. Potential, potential first yeah. round, yeah, potential first round matchup. Be a or good one to go to. Round matchup, even Sunday saying. night at the rink is weird though. But here we go, rock and roll. I think uh, is Boston caught the Leafs. Yep. Yeah, they won an OT last night. You want Florida, Boston, Tampa Bay, or Carolina, Washington? I got to tell you guys, you know who is not afraid of Toronto? The Florida Panthers. And I'm not saying that as, like, my opinion. Like, just a couple of people around that team. That adjacent. Not, adjacent. They do not seem particularly terrified of the Maple Leafs. So I'm with you that they got it. Toronto has a shot. But I don't think Florida feels as... I, I cannot wait for these two teams to play, to get some sense of how they stack up. Maybe a little Curtis Douglas. Oh, send big Dougie <laughs> into the mix. The new Dougie. So who, who did the Leafs sign today? Curtis Douglas. Let's have it. Six, eight, six, nine. Six, six nine, nine two punchy. forty. Go ahead to hockey fights. He throws with both hands and feet. I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know he's, he punches downhill at people. Okay, he is so not Toronto Maple Leaf kind of material. This guy scored thirty in the OHL a couple times as an overager. He's got eight in the AHL this year, almost thirty points. PK wins draws six nine. Just signed a contract. Kyle Dubas have a new uh, Mason Marchment project here. Everyone I talked to, Is there any Swiss centers they can trade him for? Everyone I, I talked to mentioned Mason Marchment when they talked with this guy. They said it's like 
maybe found money. Maybe it doesn't work out, Maybe, it, it, but it could be a Marchment type of thing. Sounds was, like his skating's got way better this year. He was drafted by Dallas? Yeah, and then played in Belleville in the Swiss League last and year. Dallas didn't like him? I don't know. 6'9"? Yeah. So, yeah, I know. That, that, that is strange. I'm not sure what happened there. What's wrong with him? Yeah, Call Dallas know. up. It sounds so what's like wrong with him? his skating is the biggest thing. Like, uh, Randy Milani is the skating coach for with the Marlies and sounds like just, like, worked and work, and this guy's out there every day after practice and gotten really good at it on his edges, really effective player. The Leafs said here's $800,000. Maybe we'll see you soon. Sunday. <laughs> Sunday. Sunday. Punch Sunday. up. Punch up at the Scotiabank Arena.